Welcome to the Be More Real podcast. I am your host, Sam Altieri, and I am a former architect turned health and lifestyle entrepreneur. I am obsessed with personal development, manifestation, health healing, feminine empowerment, and self-love. My superpower is helping you conquer unwanted food, body, or sabotaging patterns that are holding you back from the life you want, because I believe that you deserve to be confident in your skin and step into your power, in your work, in your relationships, in your life. I use my background in psychology, mind, body, nutrition, and design to help you transform your relationship with food, your body, and most importantly, yourself. I am so excited for you to be your real, authentic self and step into your full potential now that you don't have any of that stuff holding you back. From one badass to another, I love you so much. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's go dive into the episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode, you guys. I am so stoked for this week's guest. Her name is Alex Bynum, and she is a professional energy healer who owns and operates Empowering Empath. She has two locations, one in Brookline, Mass., and one in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. She is super passionate about spiritual transformation, and she facilitates ancient healing modalities that have been around since the dawn of time. We met at a dinner party, and I was immediately drawn to her because of her just like super inviting soul-filled energy, and I had to bring her on because today we're going to talk all about how spiritual healing can help you heal your relationship with food and your body and I am so grateful to have you on, Alex. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I feel like my heart is going to burst being on the show. I just have so much joy being here with you. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. You're so welcome. Yeah. That's how I felt, honestly, when we met at that high vibe dinner party. Like when I left the party, I was like, there's something about that girl. I don't know. <laughs> I really just there was something. I felt the same. I was like, that girl's cool. I need to know that girl. <laughs> Isn't it so funny, like, how you just, like, develop these, like, crushes? You're like, oh, my God, I want to hang out with her. <laughs> totally. Put the heart in my notebook. Around <laughs> I got a star next to her name. <laughs> um, but for everyone listening, like, I would love for you to just share uh, more about you and um, who you are, what you do, and then we can dig into your story, which I know is going to be so helpful and powerful for any of you guys out there that are high achievers that are struggling with food and body. Alex is, oh my gosh, she is so full of so much gold. So Alex, I'll hand it over to you. Great. I'm so excited to be here because honestly, my spiritual transformation has been a result of my issues with food. So my issues with food, I feel like we all have that one thing in our life that we use to kind of cope with life. And for me, mine was food. And that started at age eight. So I was already like on the anorexic bulimic train by the time I was eight years old. And I did that to try to control things. Um, I grew up in a, a household and my parents did their best, but there was a lot of like struggle 
And so because of that, I, as a kid, I got in my mind, if I don't eat food, then I'm going to help my parents, right? Because it will help my parents, they'll have more money, or they won't have to worry about it, or, or something like that. And that was my way of coping and understanding, mm-hmm. understanding the situation. Yeah. So I was one of those, I was a very skinny kid. Um, and my relationship with food just got really skewed from a very young age and continued for 17 years until wow. I used spiritual healing to, to overcome it. And so I'm one of those people, I tried pretty much everything um, to, to heal my relationship with food. I tried programs, uh, therapist, uh, medicine, uh, nutritionist, the 12-step program. Um, I tried so many things. And for me, where I found my peace was through spiritual healing. Mm, yeah, I relate to that so deeply. Like that was after we had a conversation actually. Um, end of 2020 and it was like in those moments uh shortly after I had like a a big spiritual healing it felt like and it was like it almost felt like all of my food issues were like gone it was so it was so crazy and I I 100% attribute it to the healing that's that's been consistently taking place and it's just like it finally landed you know yeah and it's a lot of times right there's a lot of pieces that go into it it's not you know, you, you take one step and you just keep taking those steps and then you fall behind 10 steps and then you try again. Um, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Can you, so are you open to sharing a little bit more about the transition from age eight to 17 years later and like yeah, what, what happened in that time and how you got out of um, that yeah. struggle? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I didn't, as, as an eight-year-old, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really know I was anorexic. I was just a skinny kid that wasn't eating. Um, and so I was always this, I was really skinny. I was a skinny girl up until high school. And then that's when the body image stuff started coming in because I was a late bloomer. I did not get my period until I was 17 years old. Like I was a late bloomer um, because I was so skinny. I think yeah, uh, my body just, just it took time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had all this, all these hangouts obviously around my body because I hadn't developed at all and I was almost 17. So I saw this girl in high school and she was puking in the toilet. Like I, she, after her lunch, she went and she puked in the toilet. And I was like, oh, wow, like I didn't realize you could puke your food up. Food up. And like, you know, that was a way to control calories and to control your, your body image and not gain weight. And so I was like, well, that's a smart idea. Right. So I kind of learned from her about bulimia, where up to that point, I just had unnatural food patterns um, based on my childhood. So it it um, it transpired into this obsession with image um, around the time I was like 17, 18. And I just started getting really, um, really into bulimia, which sounds kind of funny. Um, I started getting really into bulimia and just um, understanding that that was a way to control food as well. And so that continued, but the funny thing with my bulimia and anorexia is my body was so out of balance. I was actually gaining weight because every time I ate, my body was like, oh, thank Jesus, you know, <laughs> and like trying to hold on to it. So I looked like one of those, I hope, I hope I'm not offending anyone, but I looked like a hamster. Like my cheeks were so puffy. Like I just, I, I, by the time I finished college, I weighed almost 200 pounds. And this is from a girl that was like throwing up and not eating because my body was freaking out. Wow. Yeah. All so, that cortisol, I bet. What <laughs> was it, it? Like all the cortisol, right? Like you're putting your body cortisol, in. It, so it was the binges and the throwing up. It yeah. was the yeah. not eating. It was my body was just like, what are you doing? It didn't feel safe. Oh yeah. 
And so then it gets even deeper. So then I was like, well, I'm not going to be the, the 200 pound girl. So I entered into fitness competitions after college and I started doing the extreme, um, like bikini competitions, fitness America competitions, which for some people, like that is a great choice for them. They need that avenue. For me, it was kind of detrimental because it created more of a hyper control and more of a hyper focus on food. And so I had this banging body when I was like in my early, early twenties, um, because I did all that, all that stuff, but I was still miserable because I didn't understand how to eat. I didn't understand anything about food. Food was my life. Every thought was food. Every, every waking moment was, you know, what's the protein that pairs with this? What's the calories? all that stuff. Um, and I was just done. I was just tired by the time I was 25, which is when I found the spiritual healing. Wow. Yes. I can relate in, and not the anorexia, but just the obsession with food, like using it as like, I was so scared to gain weight like you. And it's like, well, if I can, if I can control my calories and I can constrict and I can, you know, really put all this energy and time into this thing, then I won't gain weight, which will make me at a probably subconscious unlovable. Yeah. Cause it's like our society is so image based. It's so focused and obsessed with image and it's just, it's soul destroying. Yeah. Like that's why this podcast exists is to help women get out of that. Yeah. When your worth is your body. Yeah. I know this is, this is my, my 21st birthday. I woke up in bed with a sh- like a sh- like I didn't drink I just had like a food hangover yeah. because I've eaten so much food and thrown up so much food that I was like I was like exhausted and like I, like that's what I remember my 21st birthday to be which is kind of like wow like I, that's that's kind of devastating in a certain way but it also shows me how far I've come at the same time so it's definitely you know food was every single day every single thought couldn't get away from it couldn't couldn't function um, as a, as a person, it was, it was every, every minute of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is happening to you. You're like feeling maybe like, are you feeling like victim to food? Is it like food is controlling me has so much power over me. I don't know how to get out. And then at the age of 25, you kind of got fed up and were like, there had to be another way or like, can um, you- I think I, yeah, I felt that way for a long time. I felt that way all through college. It was just like every day was a, a struggle, was a battle. Um, and then when I, you know, I started doing all these different things to try to heal it, but nothing was really like sealing the deal. Everything was a good band-aid, um, but nothing was sealing the deal. And so um, I started doing the 12-step program, the 12-step program for food, uh, stuff with food. But even that was a struggle because part of the program is, you know, they did help you to design your meals and, and that kind of thing. And I didn't really want that. I just wanted freedom from food. I wanted the ability to go into the kitchen and like eat what I wanted and walk away. Like mm-hmm. without having to eat the whole bag or, or without eating nothing because I didn't think I could have it or something like that. Like I just wanted the freedom. Yeah. So um, the last place I expected to find it was the spiritual healing. So I will say that, like I had so much resistance. I was like, that's BS. Like that's super weird. Like I'm not doing it. This was also almost like 10 years ago. Now it's way more accepted. But um, totally. you know, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this, but but there was also that breaking point where it was like, well, what's the worst that happens? I try it. I don't get better. I try it. I get better. Mm-hmm. So I hit that point um, where I was willing to try it. And then um, 
the, the moment I knew I was going to be okay was I woke up after um, taking a specific class that revolved around spiritual healing. Yeah. And I had a whole day where I didn't think about food. I just ate what I wanted. Like I didn't, it just, I just didn't think about it. And it was like the most miraculous day of my life. Like I felt like I'd been released from prison. I was like, wow, like people actually exist in a state where they can just, they, they're not thinking about food all the time. Like this is the most miraculous thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. So that was when I knew I was going to be okay. And that the spiritual healing was really working. Wow. That is so powerful. It like gave you, it's like that glimpse of hope. Yeah. Where that I've been searching for, for so long, was feeling so weighed down, which is funny. Uh, feeling so weighed down, um, by the lack of hope around ever being free from food. Yeah. Yeah. When you were in your like heavier body and like feeling really uncomfortable, did it feel like it wasn't yours? Like, can you, do you remember what your relationship to your body was or like even how you talked to it? Yeah, for sure. It was, um, there was so much shame, so much shame because actually what was, you know, my, my, my body was reflecting my own pain and I didn't want people to see that pain. I wanted to paint the perfect image. Um, and so I just remember being so ashamed of my body. Like I just, oh man, like brings up some emotion for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I just remember in college, you know, like wearing the loose clothes and, you know, trying, trying to, you know, hide those hamster cheeks. <laughs> um, yeah. And the way I talked to my body was like pretty brutal. Like, you know, you're such a disappointment to me, you know, all that shame stuff, the, the stuff that keeps people hiding and keeps people small um, versus, you know, being a teammate. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. My heart is like, so like it hurts, you know, it like hurts for that version of you. It hurts for that version of me that existed where yeah. it was like food was the enemy and I hated my body. And yeah. yep. it's like there was so much, um, it was like, I was practicing, I don't know if you can relate to this, but it was like, I was practicing dominion over my body instead of, like you said, partnership. I love that word practicing partnership with it was like, nobody, you're going to do whatever the fuck I tell you to do instead of being like, hey, bod, yeah. how are you today? Like, what's up? What do you need? Like, yeah. let's do this. Yeah, there was, I, had, I had zero tolerance Yeah, what my body needed. It was like, yeah. you're working out today because you're fat. Yeah. Yep. And you're going to get over it. And who cares? I don't care if you're tired and you don't get to eat that. And you don't get to, like, you don't get to do those things. That's for other people. That's not for you. Yeah. 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 It's so... Oh God, I'm so grateful to be out of that space. And I'm so grateful that you are too. Um, And I want to give the listeners like um, some action steps and, and kind of like walk through your process too. And even like your, where you are now in your relationship with body, with your body. But I would love to hear like, what, what was the, what was like the lifting of the veil for you? Like, how did you make that transition from food is in control of me? My body is is something I'm ashamed of to I'm in partnership with my body. I can go into the kitchen, eat what I want and not finish a whole bag of chips or whatever. Yeah. I think the the most transformational thing for me was a a two day workshop that I took and that in that two day workshop, it was very deep spiritual healing. And they also, uh, during that workshop, they give you certain rituals. So there's certain things you do that call in energy that Mm -hmm. help you to live from the higher self. So when I was destroying my body, when I was being an asshole to my body, right? It was like, I was not in my higher self. It was just like, you're, 
you deserve to suffer like how you're, you should be so, so ashamed of yourself. And the higher self would never talk like that. So for your people listening, the higher self is like the best version of you. So the best version of you would never be like, you suck at life. <laughs> right, right. Right, that's all lower self. Um, so I got these tools from this workshop to live from the higher self. And this, what was fascinating to me was um, I had to put an effort. So it wasn't overnight, but about six months after taking this workshop and doing those tools or those rituals daily, I, I remember I went to the toilet to puke because that was my jam. So I went to the toilet to puke after, after eating. And it was like, a, it was like torture. You know how sometimes when you're doing stuff with food, there's like this guilty, like, like, Mm-hmm. like this, this messed up way of being like like this is bad but it's so good at the same yes. time yeah like the guilty pleasure yeah so it's like the bulimia was kind of like like this is bad but it's like my secret that I don't I get to keep and like keeps me thin even though it really didn't um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah it was all life um so I went to go do this and it was literally like torture it was like my higher self was like what are you doing like why are you doing this wow. like whoa what what you're torturing yourself and like what are you what is this Alex like what are you doing um and it wasn't like I wasn't hearing that it was just the energy of it and it was like wow I can never I can't do this anymore like I can't hurt myself like this anymore like I might not have great self-esteem but I can't do this this isn't fair to me and like that was a a really big breakthrough moment for me where it was like you know I, I might be the the fattest girl in the world. I might be the ugliest girl in the world, which I'm not, but right. Those are the voices in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was like, I, you know, one thing I can't do is torture myself anymore. So that's when my bulimia ended. Wow. So you remember that exact moment of like, I do. I remember being over the toilet and being like, well, yeah, this is it. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Oh my God. How empowering was that for you after you like left the bathroom? So most people, you would think that would be euphoria, right? But I literally had an identity crisis. I bet, yeah. Because I was like, I don't know who I am without bulimia. I don't know who I am without food obsession. Yeah. So, so there was this piece of like, F, yeah, like I'm, I'm finally going to break through this. But also like all the fears that come around, well, who am I now? Mm. Or who am I when I don't have this thing anymore? And so that was, um, that was really scary, actually. Yeah. Because it forced me to, to, to get curious about life again and to, to actually believe that life could be good. That is so, what a beautiful way to describe that moment. It's like, um, I, I mean, I felt that way, not as it related to, you know, going to the bathroom to throw up, but like being in the kitchen late at night, secretly binge eating either my, my food or Kurt's food. <laughs> like, and I was like, well, what am I going to do at night? Like yeah. what now? What happens now when, with like, this free energy, this free space? Yeah. Like, do I like get a hobby? <laughs> I was like, actually, that's <laughs> what I need. I literally, I'm not even kidding, dude. I had to make hobbies in a list and like plan my evenings because it wasn't as exciting as the high or the dopamine hit you get from food. (laughs) Frosting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I can totally relate to that. I, I definitely, I just had, I had so much fear of sitting with myself. Yeah. Like, oh my God, like what's going to happen when I sit with myself? I bet I'm going to find that I'm this horrible monster. Mm. And it turns out I did not find, I, I wasn't a horrible monster. 
I can relate so hard. I don't know that I put it into words, but like I was scared, <laughs> I was scared to find out something. I didn't know what that was, but I was like, I would just scared to know what's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so um, with my practice, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't want to meditate because there's a lot of meditation and spiritual healing. It's like sitting with myself. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I literally, um, when I first started um, sitting with myself or, or meditating, I used to compare it to contractions. <laughs> Wait, have you had a baby? What the fuck? <laughs> no, I've never had a baby before. But what I imagine, <laughs> like you tolerate it for like ten seconds, and then it's like, oh shit, here comes another one. I can't. <laughs> and so I could only sit for like like a minute at a time or something like that before the next freak out would hit. Um, but I was willing to do it. So, you know, like on Tuesday, if I could sit with myself for 30 seconds, maybe Wednesday, I could sit with myself for 35 seconds. Yeah. Thursday, only 20 seconds. But I was like, all right, well, I've got to feel this pain somehow. Like I've got to feel this stuff to get over it. So what's my tolerance level? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, like I say to my clients all the time, I'm like, you have to feel in order to heal. Like you can't escape it. It's yeah. you're, it's going to run your life. Um, yeah. And similar to you with meditation, it was like, oh my God, it was so hardwired in my nervous system even to just always be doing and going. And the thought of sitting was torturous, sitting in a car, sitting and not doing something with my hands or doing anything at all or making a to-do list. Um, And I now meditate every day and I never thought I would be that person, but honestly, I have noticed such a significant change in my relationship yeah. with myself, my body, food. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's only 30 seconds. Yeah. I mean, I never thought in a million years I'd be a spiritual healer. Like that is so crazy to me, but it's like through the, through the pain, right? Like I found my, my purpose. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So what are some of the um, rituals that really serve you? Obviously, meditation is a big one. Um, What else has helped you in your own journey in healing your relationship with food and your body? So I would love to tell you, but it's a mystery. Um, So I I actually am a spiritual guide for a mystery school, an ancient mystery school. And so in order to receive those rituals, um, you have to take the workshop because it's kind of a mystery and it's very magical. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those are the rituals that put you into your higher self, but without being like an a-hole and leaving it at that. Um, So I I do those rituals every day and those really serve me to like show up as, as higher self Alex and not the lower self that was controlling my life for so long. So I'd say those have been the most transformational, but I obviously I do, um, I do meditation. I try to do a gratitude practice. Um, But, you know, a big part of my journey was actually just believing like, you know, dance and, um, like things that were joyful that came later for me because I didn't even believe I deserved it. So it's like the thought of like getting up and dancing was so painful to me because it was like, everyone's like, yeah, let's just dance. You'll feel better or whatever. And it's like, screw you. Like, you don't understand my pain. Like, I'm not just going to stand up and start dancing, you know? And like, now I can totally do that. I love it. And I love your TikTok videos. They're great. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But that was like a whole thing. That was also like a tolerance thing. Like I could tolerate five seconds of joy and then maybe 10 seconds of joy. Oh yeah. 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 What's crazy is like, I think like, I'm no, like the, the way that you've described your story is that you from a very young age, like maybe didn't feel that sense of safety at home. And so you like did a lot of things to get that control. Right. And then like 
over time it built up so much pressure and then eventually it kind of you were like I can't do this anymore and you started healing and in my experience it was it was a lot different in that I was so in avoidance and denial that I was unhappy because I didn't like my biggest fear and like the thing I don't want is pain and so I just would rather pretend like everything was fine. Like I was happy on the outside and I was joyful and dancing and whatever on the outside. But in the inside, I was so scared and hurt and ashamed. And there were so many parts of me that I didn't like or hated or like there was just so, such a difference between what people saw and who I was or who I thought I was. Um, And it was- It was through the like integration of the shadow and understanding ego and sitting with myself and like realizing that the point of life is to not necessarily be happy. It's like the point of life is to be present and like you're going to be happy and you're going to be sad and you're going to be joyful and you're going to be like, there's there's so many emotions. Um, And like you, I went through a phase, especially in the height of my binge eating where I did not want to work out, go for a walk, dance, do anything joyful. I was like, fuck everything. <laughs> but like on the, I said on the inside, on the outside, I was like, I'm fine. I'm I'm fine. Great. Love you. Yep, dancing in my bra. No, like on the inside, I was literally just crying, crying. But like, I didn't want to go there. And yeah. it was really like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. That was the feeling of like, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to live like a fake surface level life. Like I want to intimately know myself, actually. I want to know who I am so that I can show up. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, um, we're still both on the journey, right? So it's like, you know, I still really want to know who I am and just clearing out the food pieces one layer of that, but I still am discovering who I am. And like, yeah, now I can dance, but like, I don't actually know who I am when, when I'm joyful all the time, or I don't really know, like there's still pieces of myself. I'm trying, I'm still trying to uncover. And I, I think that's really interesting. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on was, you know, I was a fitness competitor for I think five years or something like that. And so when you do that, like the perception is like, you're super hot. Right. And so that was what drew me to that because I was like, Oh, I can be super hot. This is great. But it's exactly what you were saying. It was like on the outside, I was like, you know, it's like, wow. But on the inside, it was like, I'm dying. (laughs) Um, And so that was what was really, um, what really woke me up was after I was done competing and I was kind of, um, I had finished that fitness journey. People would say to me, Alex, you look so much better, like than you did when you were a fitness competitor. And it was because I was healing, but it was so hard for my mind to understand that I actually looked better taking care of myself than I did as that like percept the perception of like the fitness model yeah oh yeah yeah that's really interesting that's super interesting I I was never I never did competitions because I knew myself and I knew I would it would have become really bad um but instead I basically dieted myself down to like very lean very low body fat lost my period um started lifting competitively like and just got so fucking obsessive over it um and I remember looking at my back like I was doing some pull-ups 
and I remember looking at my back and be like, I'm fucking shredded. <laughs> awesome. But literally every single moment was consumed with food and body and right. nothing else. Oh my God. I have, I'm going out with my boyfriend tonight. This is before I was dating Kurt. I'm going out with my boyfriend tonight. I need to like restrict my calories so that when we go out and eat, like I don't overdo it. And then like, I fuck up my progress and then like, I lose my whatever. It yeah. was just this like, constant hamster wheel of feeling like I had to keep up with myself and like always doing more and more and more and more and more and that hamster wheel is exhausting and so stressful yeah and the fear of losing that image yeah I'll do whatever it takes to keep that image up so if we go out to dinner I'll be up at 5 30 a.m on the treadmill because that's what's needed right oh my god yeah it was so sad like my heart breaks for that And I know like so many of the women listening are going to relate to this so hard. And I just want to let you know, like, it's not just Alex and I are like on the other side of that. Like, this is so possible for you too, whether wherever you are in your journey, it's like, it's, it can feel, I know for me personally, it felt like I was never getting out. Yeah. It felt like there was no hope. Like I knew that there could be a, a way, but I, I didn't find, I hadn't found it. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, everyone finds their way. Um, what works for me may not work for you or maybe it wouldn't um, but yeah it's it's definitely a journey and I'm still on that journey so right now I'm I'm in the part of my journey where like you know I don't I just eat what I want and um, you know I don't binge or restrict or anything like that mm-hmm. and I enjoy food and I eat mostly healthy but I'm still looking for that like joy with food that I haven't quite found yet and so that's kind of where I'm at at my journey which is where, like I want to actually like enjoy food um, and I have moments of that, but I'm not quite there yet. And so, um, you know, I recently blogged about this, like I can cook something in my kitchen, yeah. but it, it, I can still feel those healing parts of myself where it's like actually enjoying the cooking and the, the process of it. Um, so that's, that's like where I'm at on, on this point of the journey. That's so beautiful. Yeah. If, I think cooking is um, such a beautiful piece of self-care because like when you cook and create a meal and plate it and eat it, it's like, I did this, I made this for myself and now I'm nourishing myself. Yeah. And when I allowed myself to start cooking, like I actually carved out time and I added things like that I used to be scared to add like fat, <laughs> basically fat and carbs. Um, when I started eating fats and I started eating carbs every meal, like I was like, wow, this is almost orgasmic. Like <laughs> it literally is so good. And like, I think what I do, I'm trying to think of like, what do I actually do? It's using all my senses. It's like smelling it, tasting it, looking at it, like sloshing it around in my mouth. Like a kid does with like an ice cream cone, you know, like it's like, Ooh, how can I get intimate with my food? (laughs) Yeah. I think that was why the high vibe dinner party was so fun too, that we met at. It was like, wow, we get to like play with our food and enjoy it. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the point right? Like food was put on this earth to nourish and to give us pleasure. It's like when we don't have boundaries around all of the pleasure, we can go down the rabbit hole of eating junk all the time. Or if we go so hard in the health that we neglect the pleasure. So it's like finding that middle ground or like, for me, the middle ground is like an 85, 15 is like 85% for physical health. Yes. 15% for emotional mental health. Yeah. And that works really well for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily have a percentage. I just, um, 
I just, my body kind of tells me what it wants. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been kind of fascinating. And I used to try to do the intuitive eating thing, but I wasn't really ready for it. Um, but at this point, it's just kind of like, oh, that would be good. Or that's what I want to eat today. And like, that's, that's a huge uh, peace point for me at this, at this time. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so beautiful, Alex. Your story is so inspiring. Oh, thanks. So is yours. Well, thank you. Um, as we kind of wrap things up, I would love to just hear if you could go back to your hurting self as your current self, what would you tell her? You know, I don't know if I would tell her anything. I think I just hug her (laughs) because I think that connection was what she was looking for the whole time. And she just needed to feel connected to a bigger purpose, um, to, to her self-worth, to her self-esteem. And, um, yeah, just maybe, maybe that she matters would be good. Um, but just stuff like that, because it was never about the food. It was about control. Yeah. And so just giving her um, some room to breathe and just giving her a hug and letting her be seen, but being seen in a way that she was ashamed of. Mm. Yeah. So you guys like take that wherever you are right now is like, find that figure out what it is that you're searching for in food and you get to create that and you also have two incredible women on this podcast speaking to you right now that are resources and it's like that's why we're doing this work right um and Alex like where can people find you on social and like if they're in the Boston area like if they're interested in your services can you just share a little bit about that sure yeah so if you're interested in my services or you just need someone to chat with feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm happy to offer guidance because this has been such a huge part of my life. Um, the website is empoweringpath.com on Instagram. It's empowering path and on Facebook, it's empowering path. So it's not too hard to find if you look up those two things. Consistency. <laughs> yeah. Consistency is helpful. So if you just look up those, you'll, you'll be able to find more about me and more about the services that I used to, to heal myself with. Food. That's amazing. What are you looking most forward to in 2021? My puppy. So I just got a puppy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, this has been, I, I uh, denied myself a puppy for a long time because I thought that it would create less structure and I'd be stressed all the time and um, still battling with that joy stuff. Right. Yeah. And, um, I recently got a puppy and it is the best experience. Like it is giving me more structure. It's bringing more joy to my life. My clients know that I'm happier um, my, my life is happier. My emotions are happier. Um, and so I, you know, in 2021, I'm really looking forward to developing, developing my relationship with this puppy that I got, um, and, and sharing lots of photos and, and wisdom from her <laughs> on my social media. So that's, that's been a huge joy for me. Right now. That's awesome. Oh God. Puppies are just like balls of unconditional love. It's crazy. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, those few puppy kisses and I'm good for the day. I know there it's funny like when you think about life pre-puppy sometimes I think about life like before Heffy and I'm like it was so quiet like (laughs) so boring like (laughs) like I I can entertain myself I don't need a dog but like Heffy is like my playmate like he matches the energy and I'm sure your puppy does too like was there life before her name's Trinity was there life before Trinity yeah I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that good. 
<laughs> yeah. That's been great. Dogs are totally healers. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Love that. Um, is so your website, Instagram, all of the things, empowering path. Um, yeah. So you guys, yeah, definitely go check out Alex. I'm sure you already love her, fell in love with her story. Um, and I did a session with Alex back in the end of 2020 and it was incredible. Um, and yeah, (laughs) I know so much happened since then, uh, which is beautiful. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on. I just, I, I love your energy. I love the inviting heart that you have and your willingness to share. And, um, I bet that everyone listening is just got so much value, um, from this. So thank you you for having me, Sam. You're so welcome. I love you tons and I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye.